Welcome aboard. Welcome to the podcast. It's time for Hawk Talk with Jerry Hawk. I had a, had a young man say to me, so tell me, why the F uh, would I hire you? Um, most of my stuff anymore, this, you, when, here's the cool thing about getting old, you know, you become an expert in things. If you manage to live long enough, you know. Um, simple background: uh, grew up in Northwest Iowa in the town of Lee Mars, Iowa, uh, home of uh, uh, Wells Blue Bunny and the ice cream capital of the world, which I carry with me proudly. Um, I've been in sales my entire life. As a matter of fact, I remember going back in uh, the archives of. Uh, uh, when I was a little boy, when you do the kind of work that I do, you have to go back and you go into the archives of your psyche and start to pick out stories that happened in your life to help you understand why you do what you do. So one of the stories that I've got happened when I was five or six years old. There was a family get-together. I said something, made everybody laugh, and my father said, Gerald, if bullshit were music, you would have a brass band. For which everybody laughed at that too, and I laughed, but I had no idea what he was talking about. I, and as I look back, I wasn't like my dad. My dad loved me fiercely, but I, I just wasn't like my dad. I, my two brothers liked to build things and they could put stuff together and it just never really appealed to me. My dad was a World War II veteran, MP in the Philippines, with the Navy, and he's a real man's man. Uh, I, I loved him for that. But I was more cut from the swath of my, uh, my mother's father, uh, who uh, uh, sold tombstones and uh, life insurance, smoked cigars, and had a hired man run his farm. Um, and he spent most of his day, uh, the latter years of his life, in a bar uh, drinking and doing that. So to me, he sounds like a genius. Um, anyway, uh, he died young. Going back to why I do what I do, I've always been in sales. I've always connected with people. I am extroverted. Um, I get my energy from others. So sales has always been fascinating to me. Um, I've, I've got my education. Uh, and got into sales and uh, started off in the, the hardest sales that there is, insurance. And I moved into media and I ended up uh, um, in the ad agency business. And I did that for a number of years and, and that's really where I cut my teeth in understanding how people make money. Being able to look at this business, this business, and this business, 50 different businesses, there's a correlation that runs between all of them, and that is people. And when the people are engaged and the people understand what the vision is, then that's when the results are at their best. So from that, I learned how to write marketing plans. And in the back of my mind, I always thought maybe that's what I was born to do, is write marketing plans and help people get what they want. Um, Moved on, ended up doing a, a, a bunch of radio stations, uh, and um, um, they, they got sold out, 
and uh, did some uh, importing a product. Um, I helped him franchise a business or two. And along the way, I hired a bunch of people, trained a bunch of people, and learned what it was like to really get people to step through their own fear and, and go after things and really stretch themselves and be the best version of themselves that they could be. So that's basically got me into the, my 50s and um, uh, I went out on my own. I started a company up called It's All Marketing and uh, had a dozen clients or so and was doing just fine. And a buddy of mine came to me one night. Um, uh, we moved to Minneapolis and my buddy came over and had dinner with us and he said, I just left this workshop a weekend workshop through a company called CTI, which is a coaching training institute. And uh, he said, I swear to God, you wrote it. I said, what's that mean? He said, it, it sounded just like you. All the things that you talk about, it sounded just like you. And um, so uh, I, I went and uh, went through the coaching school got certified in the coaching school, went through their leadership program, and um, I started up my other company called Primal Leadership Business Coaching. And uh, um, landed a couple of really nice clients, and I've, I've just ended up doing a lot of different uh, coaching, um, leadership training, I'm still writing some marketing plans for clients, and um, it's just opened up a whole new world to me. So when you invite me into your home, or you invite me into your business, um, I usually circle the, the team up, and I eliminate the barriers. I eliminate if possible, I eliminate the table. Um, so it's, it's a circle. And it's always funny, and it's always the same thing. Usually the biggest bravado that's in the room is, will say something like, Oh, we're going to sing Kumbaya now? You know, ha, ha, ha. The same crap every single time. But, but I open up the circle for a reason. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strip away persona as fast as I can. And I've been told by countless clients that I do that as good as anybody can do it. And I'm going to try to tell you a little story here of why I do what I do. First and foremost, it works. When you bring a team together and you sit in a circle, and it doesn't even have to be the same team. It can be people that are strangers. I try to keep it under 15 because under 15, it's, it's more manageable. And, and like if I'm going on a two and a half day workshop, I'll have a co-facilitator with me so that we're watching the room at the same time. We're not letting anything get slipped between the fingers. So um, I open up the room. And what it does is it creates intimacy. 
And for a lot of us, intimacy is scary. Um, and and I, I've heard it broken down into syllables. In, to, me, see. In, to, me, see. See my heart. See my true essence. Well, you know, if you got a bunch of brainiacs sitting around the room, that's, that's rather, what's the point of this? Why are we even doing this? I mean, work is work. I, I even had a, a doctor once say, if you think for one second I'm going to be vulnerable in front of these men, you're crazy. And I said, I looked at the, the, the person who hired me and I said, well, there you go. You want to create, you want to create teamwork? You want to get these people together? They don't trust each other. They don't freaking trust each other. And you expect them to go into battle together? It's a joke. So anyway, I break it down that way. There's a there's a old book out there already. And uh, gosh, uh, Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunction of the Team. Number one dysfunction is the absence of trust. Read that book. It, 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 it describes every company I've ever gone into. There is no trust here. And when there's no trust, there's, no, uh, there's nothing but uh, artificial harmony. There's no real conflict. Because people are afraid that they're going to get retaliated or resentments are going to happen. Or the boss is sitting there going, no, no, let me hear what you got to say. And then they put the hammer down on them when they tell the boss they suck. I digress. Um, the part I want to I talk about here today is opening up your team. And this is an art form. And sometimes it can be kind of scary, but it's really, really simple. You can do check-ins. You can just bring people together. You can do stand-up check-ins, five minutes. And um, uh, I, I use the acronym PIES, P-I-E-S. So I'm gonna check in, I'll model it. Physically, that's the P. Physically, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm pretty sure I'm coronavirus free right now. Um, so yeah, I'm not working out as much as I want to, kind of sitting around the house a little too much, get, feeling more aches and pains than I want. The I, intellectually, is what I'm working on. So uh, I, what I'm working on is I have made myself available to all of my clients' associates. So not only am I coaching my clients, but I'm making um, my... Uh, email accessible to all the associates for uh, an emergency because people are dealing with this fear of what's happening you know nobody knows what's going to happen uh, the E in pies is emotionally so emotionally how I feel today I'm, I'm feeling joy um, I'm feeling like I got a little bit of rhythm doing this podcast and it's not so intimidating so I'm feeling some joy and I, I also feel sadness. I'm feeling sadness for all the people out there that are terrified of what's going to happen next. 
So I'm sad about that. Um, and then the S in PI's acronym is spiritually. So for me, spiritually uh, is what I want. Um, so what I want is for people to slow down. Trust in themselves. Trust in people around them. Try not to react. And when you do react, don't shame yourself for crying out loud. Just own your mistake and be with each other. So that's an example of the PIES check-in. P-I-E-S. Um, what it does for your team if each person checks in, hey, I'm feeling, uh, my body's feeling this, this is what I'm working on, this is how I feel, and this is what I want. Pretty clear, it can be two, three minutes long. Or you can just do quick check-ins that are something uh, uh, abbreviated to that. <clears throat> I'll give you an example of something that just kicked butt. I got a, a, a wonderful man that I work with and uh, he was late for the workshop that we were doing. And he, and he sat down and we kind of had to wait a few minutes and he, he sits down and he's kind of hurried and he checks in right away and he says, I'm not gonna do the pies check-in, I'm just gonna tell you, I feel terrible right now. I just had something horrible happen to me and I wanna share it. So I knew I was late and, and I guess I was feeling shame about that and I was angry because I was sitting at a stop sign, a stoplight. And there was a car ahead of me and there was like 10 cars. And then the car ahead of me, when all the cars moved, the car ahead of me didn't move. And the, and the lady that got out of the driver's side went and was monkeying around in her back seat. And I was just pissed because, you know, what are you doing? The, the light's going to turn yellow and you're sitting there messing around in your backseat. What the hell? And, and then she came back to me and she said, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but my baby was choking. So, obviously, my buddy felt like a dumbass. He had that woman condemned in his head stereotypical whatever story made up about that person just because of a stoplight. So anyway, you will uncover the most amazing things in check-ins. Lencioni has a check-in that uh, I use. I was in, a, I was in Chicago and uh, it's a group I'd never worked with before. You know, on groups that I've the, the person who hired me knew of me, knew what I could do. Just trying to bring this team together. It, it, it was pretty intimate. There was only six of us. Um, anyway, I, I did uh, Lencioni's check-in, which is uh, you start with um, where you grew up, your name, where you grew up, what order you are as far as siblings. And then any 
challenging or event that you remember as growing up. So I modeled it. Next person went, next person went, next person went, next person went, uh, started to cry. It's always good to have some clinics handy. Because if you truly do create intimacy inside of a group, there will be tears. So anyway, this person was a little bit choked up. And I thought, oh, here we go. Um, started saying where she grew up, number of siblings. And then the challenging thing was that that she was raped by a family member um, when she was growing up. And everybody in the room was dead silent and, and I could, I mean, what do you say? So I, I knelt down in front of her as she was weeping. And when she picked her head up, um, I asked her how we could support her. And, uh, and then she said what usually everybody says, something to the effect of, I, I, I feel so, so much shame right now. I said, when you're ready, just look around the room at your team. And then I asked the team, who here trusts this person more now? And everybody was like, oh. So that vulnerability that that woman had at that moment was raw courage. She didn't want to carry that story anymore. And she felt so secure with that group. And what it did is it actually brought that team together like this. As gut-wrenching as it was, and of course, we don't want to re-traumatize, we don't want to get into it, we're not psychologists. But what it did was change the whole dynamic in that room. Consequently, the next people that went off uh, and checked in, they went deep as well. So the moral of the story is, if you do check-ins and you're the leader, be vulnerable. Open up. If, if, you, if you do a simple pies check-in or you just want to do something as simple as, hey, I'm checking in, feeling joy today, I'm ready to rock and roll, I've got some fear that we're not going to get uh, our, our sales fulfilled this week but I'm working real hard on this, 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 and this, I'm in. End the check-in with, I'm in. And I, and I usually do that with all the teams that I work with if I come into your places. If you get people to check in and they finish the check-in with, I'm in, for one, it helps the person that's next to them know that it's their turn to go. But secondly, it, it shows their conviction that they're there to work today.
and they're a part of that team. So give it a try.